Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? Oh, I'm going great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. I'm ex- still freezing up there. It is really still cold up here, but you know what? It's not that bad today. Uh, it's like 34 degrees, so it's kind of balmy compared to what we've seen in this in the northern part of the country here. It's getting slammed out in the Midwest, though. Did you see some of those temperatures without wind chill, like negative 51? Crazy. Oh, man. I am thinking about those people. I got to tell you, that is that is not something I can imagine living in. Yeah. We're, we're going up 10 degrees a day here. So it's, it was 34 yesterday is 48 today. Tomorrow it's going to be 55 and next day it's going to be 70. Stop it. You're getting up to 70 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Polar vortex. What? Come to Richmond. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about today's episode. Because I want to learn more about what we're talking about today. Did you even know what it was before I told you what it was? I did. I've heard of it before, but I've not, I've not ever explored it. So today, folks, we're going to be talking about the Akashic Records. And we've touched on this in the past in a previous question you answered from a caller. I'm excited that we're getting to spend a little more time with it. Sounds great to me. So let's start out by asking and and sort of setting some foundational stuff. What is the Akashic Records? Is it an actual book or how does that work? (laughs) The book would be a very strange way of looking at it. Um, The Akashic Records are a, how do I put this? If we were talking physics, it would be the zero point field. Okay. In metaphysics, we would say it's the eternal moment of now. Okay. 
And it's, it's the place where everything that ever has, ever will, or ever could happen already exists. Okay. The first thing you have to understand and acknowledge in regards to the Akashic Records is that you have to understand that we are living in the illusion of space-time and that time and space don't really exist. They are perceptual, not real. Okay. And when you acknowledge that that's true, then the eternal moment of now is everything ever. So therefore, that is where the Akashic Records are. And therefore, you just go and you tap into the eternal moment of now and you see what the truth is. So you can literally tap into the eternal moment of now and have access to all things that ever are or will be in that single place. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you listen to people talk about the Akashic, they'll, they'll sort of refer to it as a library, like the Library of Avalon or something like that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's really that. It's really the eternal moment of now that you're tapping into. Wow. You can visualize it however you like. Some people visualize it as a library with infinite card indices and or a computer database with all the stuff you look up or whatever. Any way you want to visualize it is fine. We, we don't have the perceptual understanding to be able to fully grasp what it is to begin with okay. from our, our tiny little brains. But the ultimate... Uh, result is do you get the answers you're looking for and if the answers come and they're right then you know who cares how you're you're accessing it magic is intention all right so that's a lot of stuff but what are some of the things that that people can actually get out of the akashic records i mean what can we learn from there well it's it's Pretty much the extent of what you can learn is the extent of what your imagination can think to ask. So, but, you know, to give an example or two, this is where people go to get future information, right? So if you want to read the future, it's a little complicated when you do future reads because the probability lines split, Okay, And so... When I do, I I don't do a lot of future reads because I carry the energy of change. And the minute somebody comes into interaction with me, the probability lines go insane. So, (laughs) but, but, um, the, you know, for the average person who's not interacting with somebody who's got heavy change in their energy field, uh, you know, the, the average probability lines don't shift and change that much because we have a certain way of thinking about things and a certain pattern of behavior. And so, you know, it's, if, if you're not somebody who carries a lot of change with you, then uh, to read the future on for someone is usually not that complicated. You can see whichever one is the most probable, okay. uh, which is usually pretty consistent for people. But you can also see things like the past. You could ask questions about your parents and about your lineage and, you know, things about history that you always wanted to know or things like that. And you can get more information about what's going on now. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, can we, can we pull tactical things out of there? Like how to do, how to replace a filter on a, on a car? I mean, is there stuff like that in there? I never thought to do it, but I don't see any reason why you couldn't. Okay. I think Google would be easier, but. <laughs> okay, that's a good right point. Right tool for the job and mm-hmm. all, you know? Yeah, I, I suppose. But okay, but that, that, 
then begs the next question, which is if Google is easier, which I assume it is, how does one actually start to tap into the Akashic? I mean, is it through meditation? Is it through calling to our guides or do we just tap in directly? Well, it depends on on your native approach to things. Different people have different ways of doing it. One way of tapping into the Akashic, I know that, um, for instance, Paul Sheely teaches how to read a book by simply touching it. And that's tapping into the Akashic. You know, ultimately, it's, it's, it's doing a direct download of the book into your brain. And that's an Akashic download. Okay. The book is just a physical representation of the conceptual stuff within it. And so, you know, that's an Akashic download when you do it that way. And that's through tactile interface. So that's a kinesiological approach. There's talking to your guides, which is generally how I do it. I, I, I generally just say, hey, guys, what, what about this? Yeah. And they just tell me. Again, you could do a visual approach, which is reading the probability lines. That's an Akashic record tap, regardless of how you look at it. There are some people who go rooting around in the Akashic and they think of it as a library and they do a visual approach that way. You can pull up your ancestor and talk to them. Really? So you can actually not only just check your lineage, but actually interact with it? Yeah, sometimes. If the ancestor is available, oh. you know, they have lives too. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like calling your friend. If they pick up the phone, you can talk to them. If they don't, they don't. Okay. <laughs> you leave a message. You're like, hey, could you check me out in my dreams this night, tonight or something? You know, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different ways. And ultimately... You know, it's it's about how you approach things. So if you find yourself to be more visual or if you find yourself to be more auditory, if you find yourself to be more kinesthetic. In the beginning, when I was doing this work, I was much more audio than anything else. And so I would literally hear things. Sometimes it would be a mind's eye hearing, okay. you know, like a voice in your head. But occasionally it would be, I wake up out of a deep sleep with the thought that somebody's just whispered something in my ear. And I'm like, what the, ah, da, da. and there's nobody in the room, you know? So I'm still pretty audio because, you know, I talk to my guides and they talk to me sort of mind's eye talking, you know, yep. uh, in my head sort of thing. But I also am very kinesthetic about things. Sometimes I just know things. Yeah. This is an unconscious Akashic tap. My intuition is always open and it's available to pick up whatever's going on, which is oftentimes being fed by the Akashic. And so my friend and business partner, Kathy, was getting ready to go visit her brother. And it was eh, like an hour or two hour flight. It was a short flight. Mm -hmm. um, but she was getting ready to go to the airport. And out of the blue, I just got this need to put together some food for her in a bag. And I, I picked up a bag that was the biggest bag I thought I could talk her into taking because she's a very efficient traveler and she does not like to take extra crap. <laughs> and I knew that there was going to be a limit to how much I could force upon her. And so I, bought, I, I picked up the biggest bag I felt like I could get her to take. And then I just started filling it with really sort of heavy duty stuff like, you know, uh, beef jerky and nuts and, you know, high protein things, <laughs> you know, not crap. I just, oh, well, it's kind of crap, but it's the kind of crap you can give somebody on a plane. And, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I packed it full to the rim with it. And, and she looked at me and I said, here, take this. And she's like, why? It's only a two hour flight. I said, I don't know, just take it. And she's like, but I said, don't argue with me, just take it. 
And she's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. She takes it with her. She gets to the airport and I get a text um, from her uh, about an hour after she arrives saying, my flight has been delayed. And the flights were continually delayed for nine hours. Oh my goodness. To the point where everything that there was open to eat had closed. And she was the only person with food and she <laughs> ate it all and she could have eaten more. <laughs> and she was like, okay. <laughs> so after that, she would look at me before she went out the door from the airport. Anytime she'd be like, do I need a care bag? <laughs> like, no, <you're> fine. <laughs> this one's okay. But it was just like, no, I need to give Kathy food. I need to give Kathy a lot of food. <laughs> I was like, why does Kathy need a lot of food? I don't know. I just, I, I just, I have to force food on Kathy. <laughs> so when, when you look at stuff like that, and then the, like you said, when you would wake up with the auditory sort of feeling that somebody was whispering in your ear. Yeah. That freaked me out. Is, is that coming from, from the Akashic or is that just coming from spirit communication and things of that? Ilk? Well, the person talking in my ear was actually a boyfriend of mine who was practicing talking to me he was living in hawaii at the time and i was in california and oh, no way yeah and he was sitting on the beach thinking about me and talking to me in his mind and he projected his voice to my ear and woke me up <laughs> because it was earlier in the night there and he was it was still nighttime and he was hanging out on the beach and he was thinking about me and i'm like Ah, what the hell is that? <laughs> so it was almost like I felt his his breath in my ear too. It was creepy. Yeah. I was like, never do that again. <laughs> yeah. Not okay. We have to discuss before you do that. That's right. Boundaries, dude. Boundaries. <laughs> yeah. So that was coming from another person. Yeah, that was not the Akashic. Okay. But the intuition for foisting food off on Kathy, that's that's kind of an Akashic tap. You okay. know, I mean, how am I going to know about that except to know that, you know, I could feel in Kathy's field as it relates to the Akashic that there was something going to happen. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. I just knew she needed food. Okay. So it could have been that she was stuck on the airplane and they had no food or could have been that they they had to do a, an emergency landing somewhere that had no food. You yeah. know? I didn't know what it was. I just knew she needed food. Right. So And she had it, thankfully. Yeah. And I've had that happen before. You know, I've I've gone to Starbucks at the airport and gotten the oatmeal that came with the brown sugar and for some reason, grab the brown sugar and put it in my pocket. And I'm like, why am I taking this brown sugar with me? I don't know. And then some guy on the plane behind me asked the stewardess for a brown sugar for his coffee because he was from Brazil and that's what they like in their coffee. And, mm -hmm. and I went, she's like, oh, no, we don't have brown sugar. And I was like, here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I just knew I needed this. Yeah. Mm. So listening to your intuition, especially if you're keyed into that, is in a way tapping into the Akashic. Yeah, pretty much consistently. Okay. Yeah, so anything third eye related, Okay. if you're asking a question and asking for a response, either you're tapping the Akashic directly or you're tapping it via your guides. If you are on the receiver side, you know, there's a transmitter and a receiver. If you're asking a question, it's a transmitter. If you're on the receiver side, it's that that I just need to give Kathy food or I need to take this this sugar with me or I need to grab an umbrella even though it doesn't call for rain or you know whatever it is yeah. you think of a friend who hasn't called you in 20 years and they call right that sort of thing so is there anything that we can do 
to prepare ourselves? Is it just listening to our intuition or is there stuff that we can do to focus our energy that way? I know we're not a how-to. The question is deceptively simple. (laughs) (laughs) Something as simple as do we just listen to our intuition? That's harder than you think. It's a skill that you have to build. It's a muscle, right? We're all psychic to some extent. The question is whether you work out every day like I do, Mm -hmm. or whether you are a weekend warrior once a year, you know? Yeah. (laughs) The stronger the muscle, the easier it is to pick up on the information. But the upshot is that there's there's two pieces. One is that you have to be able to, if not believe, at least suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. Kathy talks about that all the time because she was not so good at believing. So <laughs> suspending disbelief was kind of the best she could do for a long time. Right. And once you can let go of the idea that you are doing something that you quote unquote shouldn't be able to do, Mm -hmm. then it's a matter of picking up on the information and telling the difference between what's coming in from the outside versus what's your head just making shit up. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest with you, it's rarely, unless you have an emotional attachment to the outcome of the question, you're rarely making shit up. Right. Okay. So the the way to really practice is to ask things that you have no emotional attachment to the outcome. Okay. Because then your brain isn't going, well, I want this to be the answer. Okay. And so you don't have to worry about the idea that you have a desired outcome. If you ask a question just out of plain curiosity and you don't give a shit what the answer is, you're much more likely to get a clear response. Mm-hmm than if you try and ask questions about things that you care about because your brain is going to try and insert the answer that you want. And you know that, and therefore you won't trust the answer. So sort of the way, like you're saying, the way to practice that would be to ask detached questions. Yes. Do you focus on hearing or do you focus Just on... quiet your mind. So that's yeah. that's a difference there, though. Just, well, I mean, it's, it's the same thing as, as in a conversation with anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to wait for a response. Yeah. It's like, I don't imagine what you're going to say. Yeah. I wait to hear what you're going to say. Right. Just in that right? case, you have to may have a little need to have a little more patience. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you're not hearing an answer, maybe you're seeing one and you're not aware that you're seeing it because you're focusing on your hearing. Okay. Maybe you're feeling one and you're not aware that you're you're feeling one because you're focusing on hearing, right? Okay. So pay attention to all of your senses. Some people get get their responses in sense, right? Like smells. Hmm. Uh, for the longest time, I would ask for advice from my guides, and they would give me an answer in the form of the song on the radio, right? Because I needed something more tangible. And you know, over time, I've not needed that, hmm. but you know, in the beginning, they, they will work with you. <laughs> so you have, but you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to everything around you so that you know what's going on Awesome. and, and everything within you too. Excellent. The other piece that you have to keep in mind is that sometimes we're afraid to receive. Oh, so this is receive like we've talked about before. Well, receive as in receive a message from the universe. If you are not trusting the universe, if you don't trust it to take care of you, if you don't trust it to be good to you, then you may be afraid of what the answer is going to be to whatever question you've asked. Mm -hmm. The, The other side of that is that if you are significantly afraid of your own power, you may not allow yourself to hear 
the responses because it would make you feel too powerful. Yep. Okay. If you're having a hard time tapping in, it, it's it's almost never because you're a squib. Almost never. I mean, not to say never, never, but it is very rare for someone who actually wants to do this to not be able to. Okay. It's often a block, a psychological block that's going on or a misperception of what's happening. All right. That's pretty cool stuff. And folks, just a reminder, if you have any questions about Akashic Records or anything that um, you want to know, send them in, kelly at kellysparta.com. That's K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. And Kelly will take a look at them and we'll answer them on an upcoming episode. Also, if you know things that you want to learn about, if you know things you want Kelly to talk about, send her those as well, right? You're you're looking Absolutely. for suggestions all the time. Always. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing is um, I, I, I want to give a shout out to oh. Canby, Oregon, <laughs> because I don't know what happened in Canby, Oregon this past week, but we had 473 downloads in, in a day, 320 of which were from Canby, Oregon. So <laughs> if you're from Canby and you can explain to us why there were 320 downloads, we would love to know because we didn't know that we were promoting in Canby. So, um, and uh, if you're from Canby, please raise your hand and say, hey, I'm from Canby because, you know, that is a 2% of the population of, of downloads from Canby. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're, we're pretty, pretty stoked about that. So also, um, if you are out there and you're enjoying the podcast and you want to share it into some Facebook groups that you are in and say, hey, check this out or check that out. You know, we would love and appreciate any any postings that you guys would be willing to do. I can't post them in most of the groups because they have an anti-advertising. Right. But you guys can post them and say, hey, this was awesome. <laughs> and that would be fantastic. And I would so appreciate that <laughs> because that that helps helps us out a lot. And if you have not yet rated us on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast player you are listening to us on, please, please, please do so. That helps us to get seen and to get additional listeners. And, you know, that gives me more people to ask questions and more people to give me ideas that keeps us going. Exactly. That's whether you're in Canby or anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kelly, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up the episode on Akashic Records? You know more than you think you know. Ooh, that sounds like a good tattoo or at least the <laughs> opening line of a, a movie or something. That's all that we have for this week, folks. Please be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds yet another chapter into your beginner's guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye-bye. Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Production. And my love and my life and me. 
Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.